Get your Bibles, if you would, please. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. We'll start there. We had a great time yesterday with our, our seniors that I went to junior high school with. And uh, there's 45 of them came. Several of them is in the hospital. And they're all in their 80s up there with me. And, um, but we still had a wonderful time. It was a good time of fellowship and rejoicing in the Lord, how the Lord has uh, blessed every one of them. And good to hear the testimonies of some of them that, uh, got saved the same, right around the same time that I got saved in our church years ago, uh, where I used to go and got saved at. And they're serving the Lord. And uh, they come as far away as Georgia uh, to be here just for the meeting yesterday. And we had just a great time in the Lord. I appreciate that. And Ron and Shelly came and helped me serve. And, and Shelly is such a blessing in doing that. And I called Michelle, but she wouldn't come. I hollered out the front door. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I needed her, but I didn't. I forgot to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, what? <laughs> Favoritism. All right, I got your number. Philippians, please, chapter 4. I am uh, talking with several people yesterday, and I can't believe the problems, well, I can, uh, problems that people go through in life and the anxiety and troubles that people have all down through their lives. But uh, I found something. I went home rejoicing last night for this fact. Christians overcome. And they just keep going for the Lord. Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to begin to read verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, 
when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again into my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received Epiditus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren which are with me greet you. All the saints salute you, chiefly they that are of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What tremendous verses. Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us to understand that being a child of God, being a Christian, is the greatest thing that could ever happen to a human being on the face of this earth. Because we simply have a Heavenly Father that takes care of us. In season, out of season, good times, bad times, you're always there for us. I ask you to bless the message today to our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The more I study God's Word, the more I realize Jesus wants us to bring all our worrying anxieties to Him. Not only are we saved from sin through Christ, but it's Jesus who can give us peace of mind. As the old song goes, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. That's a hard thing to do, but we have to do it. We have to learn to do it. And we need to learn to say with Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. 1 Peter 4, verse 19 says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their soul to Him in well-doing as unto a faithful Creator. If we could only learn, if we commit the keeping of our soul unto the Lord in well-doing as the three Hebrew children did, then we would find Jesus is always with us in all our hours of trouble, and we will overcome. Psalms 35, verse 1. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalms 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, we just need to go through the scriptures, don't we, sometime, and pick out the verses that suits the situation that we're in and take them as promises from God. Someone might say, just how much does God really love me? Well, if you look up Psalms 34, verse 15 through 19, God watches over his children with his eye. Uh, God listens to their prayers with his ear. 
according to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. God loves his children with his whole heart, 1 John 3, 1. God supports his children by his strong hands, John 10, verse 28 and 29. God leads his children by the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Now here's the question. Have you suffered disappointment in anyone? Are you discouraged because of things around you? Romans 8, 28, still there. All things work together for good to them and love the Lord. Amen. Joshua was discouraged. Moses, God's leader, and Joshua's leader was now dead. Moses was. And Joshua has to face up to two million Jews. But I want to read you something now, what God told Joshua. Turn over to the book of Joshua for just a minute. And... find it real quick I'd like to read it to you in Joshua chapter 1 please and I'll begin to read in verse 6 Joshua 1 in verse 6 now remember something Moses Joshua's leader the man of God who God had chosen he's dead now and gone on and he's left Joshua to lead all these people God's people and listen to what God told him now, beginning in verse 6. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses and my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Man, that's a great promise, isn't it? And it's true. God said he'd be with you no matter what. But there's a condition that goes with that. If you go back and study those verses just before, he told Joshua, you stay in the book. You stay in the Bible. The book of the law should not depart out of our mouth. And that means that we must stay in it all the time and read and study. Take the promises of God and He'll take care of us. Now I want you to watch something else. Have you ever lost a loved one? Jesus is able to console you like Mary and Martha when Lazarus died. And John chapter 11 tells us, you have something wrong in the flesh, maybe a sickness, a thorn in the flesh. Paul also had this same condition, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Maybe you don't have enough money to pay bills or groceries to buy. Your cabinets might not be full. Your clothes are you clothes to wear. But God told Elijah, 
that's uh, God still in the business. He'll take care of you. He sent the ravens to feed him. And maybe you're afraid to face the future or afraid to die. But Jesus promised in Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. Amen. Did you know even in the time of death, Jesus said, I'll be there. I'll take care of you. Amen. Now notice, if you will, Paul confessed when he was weak, he was strong. Uh, John, along on the Isle of Patmos, loneliness. Think about it. One minute he's alone, but the next he's with Christ in the Revelation, writing the great book of Revelation. God is with him. Here is glory. Paul and Silas, one moment in prison, next moment sitting in a family's home, leading him to Christ. Joseph's hardship was a pit, but after the pit was a throne. Genesis 45. Notice all this also. Doubt will make us worry about our safety as Peter did when he was walking on the water in Matthew 14, verse 30. Anxiety will make us worry about the affairs in the home as Martha did in Luke chapter 10, verse 41. Fear will make us worry about the future and will fill our hearts with dread and fear of death like Hebrews 2 and verse 14 and 15 said. Fretting will make us worry about the wicked and ungodly around us prospering and the righteous only having the bare necessities. But Psalms 37 verse 7 tells us that God will take care of us. Trouble will cause us to worry about the wicked uh, that persecutes us. 1 Peter 3 and verse 14. Anxiety Care will hinder the fruitfulness of the soul and lead the spirit to poverty. Mark chapter 4 and verse 19. Discouragement will cover the soul with black despair and cause us to uh, uh, be in murmur and complain like the children of Israel. In number 21, verse 4 through 6. But when we get saved, salvation is positive. It's not negative. We go around all the time complaining, all the time frustrated, all the time being bothered about the things of the world. Don't you listen to something now? Salvation is positive. We're saved by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. But the believer is to live the spiritual life. He is to practice some gospel negatives. For instance, be not unequally yoked together. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, the Bible says, Touch not, now he's talking to Christians, Touch not the unclean. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, Love not the world. 1 John 2, verse 5, These are all negative things that we're to practice. Set not your affections on things of the earth. Colossians 3, verse 2, Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. Psalms 1, verse 1, Give not that which is holy unto dogs, Matthew 7, verse 6. Enter not into temptation, Matthew 26, and verse 11. All these things is taught us as Christians. And we go around worrying about everything, 
And every time I get discouraged, every time I try to deal, yesterday, for instance, I came in and I was talking to some of the men that I've known for years, hadn't seen them for years. And uh, when you get together with people you've known for a long time and their lives go right on, you know, and live, and it seems to me like that uh, the old devil sometimes gets you to wanting to think you're the only one going through it. You're the only one of these things happening to. No, it's common to all of us. Amen. We're in a wicked and crooked world. We're in a world that the devil is in control of. But you know what? Here we are, and I'm soon be 87 years old. Lord's been good to me. These men that I was around yesterday, I played ball with them when I was a young man, and uh, we were sitting around just rejoicing of old times, things went to, and a couple of them said, can I talk with you preacher in the office? And we went in the office, sat down, and they began to pour out their heart to me of things that had happened to them over the years. And I said, you know what, fellas, that's not just happened to you. That happens to everybody. Everybody goes through these kind of times. You live long enough. And what you always got to do, and they said they have learned, and they would rejoice in me because they were Christian. You remember the man that I told you that got away from the Lord? I've, I've mentioned him several times in preaching. He got away from the Lord, and God called him to preach, and then he got away from the Lord, and, and he wanted to sell me his library and everything. I told him, no, you keep it. God will call you back. Him and his wife was here yesterday, and now he's back preaching. And God said, keep his word, keep his promise to him. And yet they got problems in the flesh. Problems. You talk to some of them, they got problems with their children, they got problems with work, they got problems with uh, money, they got problems with just anything in the world you want to mention. It can be a problem. They got them, just like me and you got them. They're still Christians, just like me and you. But every one of them that I talked to said, we're doing good. God's good to us. Amen. Even in their old age, God is still there and taking care of us. And when I think about this, there's, there's something that, that uh, God said, now if you want to be blessed, these are the things you've got to do that's negative. First of all, be not on a group together. Now, Somebody said, well, it doesn't matter if somebody, if you, my wife's a Catholic and I'm a Baptist. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It doesn't, and, and you can take that to any, any walk of life that's contrary to your life. If you married somebody or you get together with somebody that's contrary to your life, you're going to have trouble. All down through life, you're going to have trouble with it. And it says, be not unequally yoked together. The next thing it says, touch not the unclean. You know what that simply means? Keep yourself out of trouble. Keep yourself around from around people that's always fighting and arguing and carrying on. Don't go there. Love not the world. Don't let the world take your affections. Our affections belong to the Lord. Amen. If you want to end up at the end of your life as a happy Christian, uh, love not the world. Don't let the world take you away from God and reading the Bible and going to church and serving the Lord. And then it said, let not your affections, set not your affections on things of the earth. 
and then walk not in the counsel of the ungodly. You know, it, it really bothers me when Christians tell me that they go into a psychologist, unsaved psychologist. I mean it for this simple reason. Jesus is my psychologist. Amen? And I, I, I'm not making fun of nobody. I'm not trying to down nobody. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Uh, why would any Christian ask an unsaved person what to do with their life? That don't make sense to me. Because they know not God. They don't know no. They, they have no idea of what uh, God wants you to do. And I have seen so many people get in trouble because they seek counsel of the ungodly. And the Bible says, don't do that. If you want to have a happy life, don't do that. And then it says, give that which is give not that which is holy unto dogs. You know what that simply means? If if you're witnessing about the Lord Jesus Christ to someone, and they don't want your Savior, you don't mess with them. It's just that simple. You're wasting your time arguing with them. You're wasting your time talking to them about your Savior and how good He is to you. And the Bible calls those kind of people dogs. And Jesus said, Pass, don't cast your pearls before swine. In other words, uh, if you, if I have got into some of the biggest arguments with people, and, and I never will forget what a man told me one time. He said, you argue with a fool, you become one. And he said, there's another thing I want you to for, never forget. If you're arguing with a fool and you walk away and somebody's listening to you, they don't know which one's the fool. You think about that for just a minute. And what I'm saying is, I, that's a waste of time. I, everybody that I asked about the Lord Jesus Christ and trying to lead him to Christ, is one thing I start off with. Do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? Now, if you don't believe the Bible is the Word of God, we're through. I don't have no further to go with you. And you cannot convince somebody that the Word of God is the Word of God. You can't convince somebody that Jesus is a Savior and there is a God and He wants to save their soul. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And He does it through the Word of God. And you stand around and you argue, you fret, and you worry, you can't sleep, and you pray for people that's not saved, you want to see them saved, and you worry yourself to death over And what you've got to understand is, don't cast your pearl before swine. You do your best to lead them to saving faith. You pray for them. You do the best you can. And it's out of your hand. I love preaching for this for this reason. Preaching the Word of God is giving the Word of God out. When I first got into ministry, I wanted to make people get saved. I mean, I just wanted to preach and, and scream and holler at them and do everything I could to them and just convince them to get saved. One day the Holy Spirit said, that's not none of your business. Your business is to give out the Word. It's my business to lead, to draw them to Christ. And I, I've learned that ever since then, and I love to preach ever since then. I love anybody. I love to witness to anybody I can, but when they reject my Savior, and they start cursing my Savior, and they don't want nothing to do with my Savior, I'm through with them. And that's all you can do. And, and so, if you want to have a happy life, you've got to realize these things. There are some negative, but we got to practice. And are not into temptation. You know what that simply means? 
stay out of the presence of things that will lead you away from the Lord. Whatever it is, stay away from it. Don't go near it. Uh, I heard a preacher preach this one time, and I, it stuck with me. He was talking about this same subject, and he said, You know what most Christians... In fact, we were talking about this just yesterday. How many people in the normal Baptist church that's not saved? And I heard, I heard Dr. I think it was Dr. Harold Seidler say one time, the greatest mission field in the world is the Baptist church, the normal Baptist church. You know why? Many people come into church and they make a profession of faith, but they don't receive Him. One of the big old boys that used to play ball with me yesterday, he said, Preacher, let me tell you something. He said, years ago I went to church. I did everything I was supposed to do in church. And he said, I thought I was fine. And he said, I went to church this one time, though, and the preacher preached, and something hit me. And he said, you're not a child of God. You're putting on a show. He said, now anybody that tells you they can't know they're saved, they're not saved. He said, because, brother, I know when I got saved. The Holy Spirit grabbed hold of me and said, you need to be saved from your sin. He said, I fell on my knees and asked the Lord to save me. He said, I've been delivered ever since. God has been good to me ever since, and God has let me know that I'm His children. You know, a lot of people, they come in church, they listen to the preacher, they listen to see other Christians. I want to be like one of them, but they don't receive Him. They don't receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. When it comes to being saved and knowing it, then you start practicing. He said, and, and, and we were talking about this. He said, you know, nobody had to beg me to get baptized after I got saved. Nobody had to beg me to read my Bible after I got saved. Nobody had to beg me to go to church after I got saved. I wanted to. And he said, I've been wanting to ever since. Now that's scriptural. And the Bible says if you don't have these things, then there's something wrong with your salvation. And don't go around those things that tempts you to go away from God. Stay away from them. Just that simple. It's like the man that, that I led the Lord one time. He was drinking. He said, now, uh, preacher, I'm going to set this filthy whiskey up here on the counter. And every time I go by it, I'm going to say, I want to battle over you. I'm not going to drink you another drop. I said, no, you can't. You give me that thing. I poured it in the sink and break the bottle. I said, you stay out of the presence of it. If you never take the first drink, you won't ever be an alcoholic. Amen? It's just that simple. And somebody makes a big deal out of it. Oh, I'd preach it. That's ridiculous. No. Stay away from the presence of it. And you can do that in every walk of life. God lets us know. You want to, you want to stay out of discouragement? You want to stay out of fretting? Worrying all the time about everything in the world? Learn to trust the Lord and rely on Him. And I guarantee you, brother, you can have a happy Christian life. I love to be around happy Christians that love the Lord and give Him the credit for everything. There's nothing like it in the world. Amen. Glad I'm saved today. Let's pray. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that You bless Your people all through the day, Lord. You, you, you're, such, you're so real in these days of uncertainties 
But in our hearts, we know you're real. We ask you, dear God, to bless us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.